If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com/audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com/audio. That's carshield.com/audio. Howdy, folks. Happy Monday. Happy President's Day. Happy Family Day in Canada. We have an all-star cast, I guess you could say. Well, well, something. Uh, (laughs) Ross, start us off with the pre-show. I want to talk about the Daytona 500, even though I didn't watch it. Uh, And I'm not sure anybody on the panel watched it, but I think it's worth it. It's always a great lead-in, though. I want to talk about it, even though I didn't watch it. Well, I'm going to tell you why. So we've often said, hey, we think people watch races a lot of times for the crashes. And first thing, the first crash they had was they had Pitbull apparently, you know, do the opening for the race. That's that's one. But apparently yesterday was like a very crashy day, for lack of a better term, with bad weather. And a guy won who I think one person in the world had a bet on. He bet 100 bucks on the guy, and he won 10 grand. And it just – it makes me wonder why – you would even have that race in bad weather. Why not put it off another day? Like that just seems like a sport you don't really want to do in inclement weather. And yet they did. I mean, I'm sure there's also like a limited window and you already got whatever scheduled race the following week. There's this, I know in racing, there is a, it is a sort of a strict timeline with regards to when the, when those teams go in with all their equipment, have to ship out. And head off to the next place for the next week for the next week's race. But this well, is one one crash involved sixteen drivers. Yeah, that, that's a lot. But this, it is a lot. You know, I mean, we see it at all racing. Now, I can tell you, Formula One, everything else, we've seen they they race in inclement weather. That's to be extremely bad for them not to. This Isn't is that bad this, enough. This is the thing I don't get. From what I understand, the Daytona Daytona Five Hundred is the opening race of the season. And it's the Super Bowl of NASCAR. So they open up with the biggest friggin' race. That's how jackass it is. And, but again, 16 cars. Like, that's a lot of cars, man. Like, that makes – and, of course, a guy won who you don't expect to win because when 16 cars get taken out <laughs> – I'll give you a reason. I'll give, I'll give real quick. I'll give Mike a reason why okay. it's at the beginning. It's, you know, depending on wreckage, wrecks and things of that sort, it's the one time of year where I think they know or they'll have all – the racers that everybody roots for available to race because as the season goes on, various things happen, penalties, crashes, things of that sort. So they know at the Daytona 500, especially with, you know, all the sponsorships will be out there with all the big name racers. Sure. So that's the reason why it happens. I think at the beginning of the year. So Russ, did Dick trickle win? It's not that Mike. I knew that was coming. <laughs> We're, that was no, I mean, Robin's racing, Mike. Okay, Robin's racing. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but, but I was trying to have a semi-serious conversation. I was trying to just have a semi-serious conversation because we're not only in a pandemic, but when these sixteen guys pile up, like how safe is it for those sixteen guys and all the pit and everybody else to be that close when you're trying to drag them out of cars? That's another thing you have to take. Into I mean, consideration. they're all wearing helmets. Suspend. I mean, suspend the season then, Ross. I'm saying suspend the season, but if you're okay with 16 car crash, that's fine. It, ha- it, it happens in the sport. No, no, it happened because of bad weather. That's okay, why and I, I, I get, and, and crashes happen also in not bad weather. Yeah, <laughs> okay. exactly. Ask, ask my niece. <laughs> 
Like that's, that's really it, right? Like, you know, if you're a casual NASCAR fan, you, you got to live your dream yesterday. If you're a diehard guy, you didn't get much of anything, right? Well, and assuming you, you were turning in to watch the crash, that's yeah. that's the presumption. They have, I hate to say it, a good, especially when the ca- you're the casuals. They're there to see, they're there to see wrecks. It's morbid, but it's they're they're there to hopefully either yeah, an mm-hmm. exciting race and maybe see a wreck or two. I, I mean, here's here's how much they delayed the race. They delayed Bob's Burgers. Big effing deal. Seriously, that's what they did. That's the TV. That's that was the big safety consideration there all right we're gonna we're gonna delay this so we're gonna just we'll push off bob's burger but we're still gonna have this race on really wet ground okay i'm good they, well they right. said they're racing formula one and pouring rainstorms so yeah. that seems stupid too anyhow well again it, this is for a per- again you, you don't watch racing I, I you know i watch formula one i don't watch nascar as much uh but they do it on in those vehicles which go ridiculous <laughs> rates of speed I, I used to watch indie racing when it when it was when it was like AJ Foyt and Richard Petty and those guys. And it like if there was a drop of water on the track at the at the five hundred, they would shut it down. That's the, that's what I don't get. But. Yeah, I guess if there's sixteen car crash, it's a success a successful day. So. Yeehaw. Okay, go ahead. I, this, this will be wonderful to see if we can actually do the roll call here. <clears throat> yeah, let's see what happens. I'm just gonna just gonna let you guys wing it. And see what you guys do. All right, ready. The Rocky World is Monday, February 15th, 2021. I'm Michael Agello, and I had to beat off all my female admirers this weekend. <laughs> I'm Jan Levine, and I want to find out who they were to begin with. <laughs> this is Anthony Mangione, and sometimes I wonder, you know, what exactly goes through Michael's head before his... Uh... <laughs> Not much. <laughs> I'm Pete Tesse in very balmy Winnipeg. Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Eklund. You're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com, now with twice the amount of guests. Um, <laughs> we come to you every Monday through Friday to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And uh, today, we wanted, I wanted to start with, um, with Marc-Andre Fleury, I wrote about today, mm. who is a definite interesting story developing here with Marc-Andre Fleury, because we all remember the story. Um, Fleury... Like I've said, he's basically the captain de facto of that team. And he's, he's loved – there are very few players I've, covering teams. Like the Penguins adored, like literally adored Marc-Andre yeah. Fleury. Like it's hard, to, it's hard to imagine. It's hard to explain that. Like I don't remember many teams having such a, a deep admiration, you know, and an adoration for a player as the Penguins did. For well, Mark no, goalies, sure. I can name you a lot of teams, actually, for goalies. Not to not to the level of Mark Andre Fleury because Mark Andre Fleury. Okay, Henrik Lundqvist. I mean, there's a no. List. Here's the thing, Lundqvist. Lundqvist is a star. Fleury, when he was with Pittsburgh, was always kind of getting the short end of the stick. He was always getting like the, the difference with Lundqvist was definitely he's the goalie. He's the starting goalie. Well, we're Fleury talking about was, adoration. I thought you know. Yeah, no, but adoration by the players. The players pulled for this guy. Like the players pulled for Mark Andre Fleury, and they were there for Mark Andre Fleury. And they and you know and the same thing happened in Vegas when he gets to Vegas. I mean, in Vegas he's obviously the starting goalie for a while, but then, and then there he just you know he takes over and, and takes that team and really is the reason that team was successful the first year. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, the reason they go to the second finals. Then last year, you know, they pick up Robin Leonard. You know, the second coming Robin Leonard. Um, they grab him and so. Gio, show your bias a bit more, please, with that comment. No, I like more in terms of how much you love Flurry. I don't think it's clear enough for the entire audience to recognize it. This is really ironic, Jan, because I was not a Flurry fan for most of my life. But I'm just telling you that the, 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 
the fact that I'm defending him now is, is just because it's, he's defendable right now. Like, Leonard comes in, and he's just, you know, and he comes in, and he's given the starting job. He's a trade deadline acquisition, handed, handed the job. Um, and, the, and the team goes down in the playoffs. They have a good playoff run, obviously. Not Leonard's fault. I'm not going to sit there and blame Leonard for it. He has a good playoff run, too. But this year, and this, in the summer, they tried to trade him. They tried everything they possibly could to trade Mark County Florida. They did, except for make a price that was reasonable. <laughs> I mean, the price that they would throw out there was ridiculous, right? So, but now, Leonard's hurt. Flurry is the number one goalie in the NHL. Like he's got the best, he's got the best goals against and the best save percentage, more shutouts than any other goalie who's played eight or more games. He is, and he's on fire. He's crazy, and you know Leonard's hurt. What are they going to do? Like, but what's the, the end game here? But the pro, okay. First of all, the problem last year and problem in the off season was never the quality of Mark Andre Fleury as a goaltender. The problem was seven, was the seven million dollar Albatross contract. Right. That's that the problem in the offseason. But last year in the playoffs, Mike, it had nothing to do with the contract. I mean, Leonard, okay. They, I'm going to say if it was hard to trade him because of the contract, this, this and that. But, yeah, but, I mean, that last year in the playoffs, it, was, it came down to what they thought, who they thought the better goalie was. Well, I mean, okay, Flurry struggled with an injury problem late in, the reg- late in the regular season. He did not have a good year. He tailed off during the regular season. And they went with Leonard, and they went with the hot hand. And Leonard got them, got them to the conference final. So, I mean, it's – you know, do I think Fleury is still a good goaltender? If he was a two million dollar goalie, he would have been traded in two seconds. But seven million dollars is I, I, I agree with say, all I can say is this in the midst of a pandemic when you can't trade Flurry with that contract, the end game is really easy. They have one of the best goalie tandems in hockey, right. and they're gonna yeah. try and win the Stanley Cup with that goalie tandem. Right. right. And and you know, but goalies don't usually work this way. And the interesting thing about like Flurry is he has been part of that. That 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 you know thing you're saying, the scenario you're saying there has been Mark Andre Fleury's career. No, but I think goalies work this way more than you think. Like Jockerman and Villamure, they won co Vezinas. Like I think it, it happens more than you think. It just doesn't yeah. get talked about. The Islanders did it for years, also early yeah. on in their in their. Well, no, they did. I know, but um, I think I mean, you always had. You always usually had. Like I mean, he was Fleury would get the Penguins of the playoffs, and then you know who, 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 else would have, have, who else did Pittsburgh have to put between the pipes when he was there? They had really nobody. Yeah, well, I mean, well, eventually Matt Murray, you know, who was um, you could, okay. You could say you could say that Fleury had a downturn in the middle to in in the in the middle of the last decade when he got out goaltended by Ilya Brzgalov in the in the playoffs. Okay, you can say no, that. Got, they just got outscored. No, neither goalie played well in that, in that series. Right, but, but, but I mean, the Flyers just outscored the Penguins in that series. Yeah. That was not a goalie series for for Brzgalov no. either. So, no. but 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 I mean, I'm sorry. It's like you. you He's a quality goaltender. He's got a great team in front of him. Leonard is hurt. He's playing well. He's putting up big stats. Kelly McCrimmon will have absolutely no problem trading him oh, I don't in think the offseason. In the offseason. This year, during the season, $7 million, they can't retain salary. No, I don't know if I would necessarily say completely no problem. I mean, he is a year older. Will it be less of a problem, I would say, in that circumstance? Yes, if he performs. But then at that point, it's like you're in a conundrum for, for, for the uh, for, for the Golden Knights. Say they win the cup with, with, with Flurry. Right, right. Then I mean, you try to ship off Lanner? I mean no, – no, 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 And, and, and hamstrung them this offseason because they had to move on from Nate Schmidt because they needed the room. But given the way Alec Martinez has played and given the way Zach Whitecloud has played, they really haven't missed him that much. And they have, as Russ said, the perfect situation now. Leonard goes out for three games. You pop in, uh, you pop him in the lineup, and he's won three in a row. That's a perfect – look, it's not the ideal, 
But Fleury's enough of a professional that he's going to play well when they need him, and who knows what's going to happen. Well, there yeah, might be a market for right now. That's the interesting. Mark Andre Fleury, they would get rid of the real one too if they could. Peter, let me let me ask you this: With Edmonton opening up almost, I think it's twenty three or twenty four million dollars in cap space next year, don't you think Ken Holland would bend over bat or backwards to get Mark Andre Fleury with one year left on his contract? I think he, you know, I especially with that Siv Koskinen in goal. If you if okay if they can get through the season running one two with Flurry and Leonard in whatever capacity they need, you're only better when it comes to the playoffs. Sure, you're only in a better position. So why risk it? The Knights are in playoff or win and win now mode, right? right? So why do you upset the apple cart? You deal with this in the off season. Hopefully some things navigate to a little more normal. Um, they're losing exactly. Ken Holland would totally take that. I, I think. Um, I, heck, Jim Benning might take it right now. Given it won't his be problem. Jim Benning, no, Pete. Well, yeah, it won't be Jim Benning. He, he, <laughs> there might be a team out there that really pushes for him right now and that the reality is and that that's the interesting interesting scenario they've got going because it's not toronto i'll tell you that yeah, right no now. it's not Toronto. no it's not it would be pittsburgh and pittsburgh no, is Freddie anderson why would you even want to what about nashville the issue remains with pittsburgh though and i know everybody wants to say pittsburgh yeah. you have to but you're going to figure this thing out from both ends because oh, both yeah. the penguins and the knights Again, Vegas is looking to move off from Flurry because of the contract. Yeah, right. Pittsburgh's pretty darn close to the cap right now, so they're yeah, going to yeah. want Vegas to yeah. retain it. They have to figure out that conundrum. That's the issue there in terms and of making, in order, right. in order and to that, make and that happen. And does anyone, Flurry? And does Flurry? You know, for the issues that the Penguins have, I mean, he may cover for a little bit of some of the issues that they have defensively, but not not enough to. I mean, he's going to be in a shooting gallery there. The way that I, I guess. What yeah. you have to think about with the Penguins is what route does Ron go now to address the problems? And you, you, obviously the argument in Pittsburgh is going to be, is it time to say it's over and get what we can for whatever we have and do it fresh? And if you believe in Ron's success that he had in Philly of changing things around, getting, getting talent what? drafted mm. and doing that, you have the two best assets yeah. Yeah. to start doing that. And well, there are probably teams that yeah. would, you dangle the right carrot out in the right way, they're going to bite. But you know, but you know, let me just, just sorry, Michael. Yeah. 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 Okay, sorry. But you know that it's a, that you have to hope, because I, I don't think it's going to be a case where you're going to have, you're going to, they're going to say, hey, we want to trade Sid or we want to trade Malkin. Right. That's the issue. They're yeah. going to have to come to Ron and say, listen, I'm willing to go well, to open that to open that possibility. Listen up for a second. Would you trade Latang for Mark Andre Fleury? And, and no. not I'm not saying directly, I'm not saying I'm not saying other things aren't involved, but the idea here see this is this is what's happening in Pittsburgh. They are we you know, Pete, you say they have to decide whether they want to win now or not. The ownership well, are they're saying, not winning now anymore. So the ownership is saying we are going to win now. That is what that that's, that's what, what, the hiring of uh, the hiring of Ron Hextall. Then they're yeah. is is it, it, the signal to me. Now again, they can, they can couch that obviously with the fact that they have Burke there now to kind of bridge. Yeah. But when you're bringing in Ron Hextall, he he still doesn't have what someone mentioned as proof of concept as a right. general manager for NHL level moves. Well, first of all, if the Pittsburgh Ron Hextall doesn't. 
if the Pittsburgh Penguins yeah. ownership has been brought has been uh, is of the mind that they're still a contender, then they're as clueless as the Aquilinis were a few years ago. Yeah, when they, said when it they, on national TV, Mike. He did say. I, I know. He, I know. He, I'm just. Well, saying, he's gonna. He, this is this that's is the party line. You knew this is the This is the Burke game. This is what Burke does. This is his this, this game. This is this. Right. Is, yes. But, and, and act. That's what I, I, we had. Brian Metzer on off the post on on the weekend, and basically, I saw it. it was a really good show. I I, I, I said I, I said to him, I says Burke has never been brought into a scenario any place where it was like well, let's stay with what we got. He's a guy who's got the balls to blow things up or to make the make the decisive move. Yeah. He did it in Toronto with Kessel. He's done it before. He'll do it again. He doesn't have the hand on the plunger. That's the only difference here. No, I see. I think he does. I think that, no, he doesn't. I think this is a two track system. And there's a reason they hired them both at the same right. time. And exactly. Two, and two, exactly. And two different people for exactly. two, what was held by a job was held by one person before they hired two different people for Hextall um, is the development yeah. guy to rebuild the organization yeah. to get talent in there and Burke is there to do the heavy lifting and Burke also help sure and also at the, while Hextall rebuilds that's basically the, but also at the same time it's as I've been state as I was mentioning to Pete is he isn't as a general manager a complete product Ron he had a did a great job of the scouting department and the building at, at the bottom but in terms of the NH uh, of making NHL moves in terms of improving the team and moving them along. That was where, you know, in terms, he was able to, he was great, great at getting, at moving some of the other, the older players off. Yeah. But then in terms of the acquisition of the talent, I yeah. mean, he was in that certain, okay. they, they, the organization wanted to move things along and it wasn't quite there yet. So Ron, I think has all the ingredients to be a, a great NHL general manager, but I do right. think, Getting Burke was kind of hedging their bets in that. You know what? I'm a believer that when you bring in a GM and you then put them in as you, you assign a vice president of hockey operations to them, that you're making a mistake. It's too comprehensive. And yeah. I've always said this about the Jets have it with Shevel Day off. They had it with Mike Gillis in Vancouver. It's all over the yeah. place, right? Yeah. My belief is who is the guy who report the guy or woman, who cares who it is, who reports to the owner and says, this is a mess. Their loyalty is to the person who's got half a billion dollars tied up in the team, yeah. not the GM. That, that There's got to be a separation. That's, 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 there. That is correct. And we also that's know correct. with Pittsburgh, when COVID hit and everything came through in the summer, they were gutting everything right. on yeah. the underground of the organization. Yeah. Scouts, assistant coaches, with you know, that's, all that's, that. that. They need yeah. someone like Ron who understands that side of the game to rebuild it up. Right. But I don't Anthony, to your, me, point, to your point, you bring in Ron for that. You let him get the tutelage of Burke. And maybe Ron's got a few strained relations out there in the and thing. That's, that that's the thing. Him. That's the reason why that, I, I can work with that that's that way. That's and, the thing. And, and you have not to, that Burke doesn't also, by the way, though. No, so no. And you have to give, <laughs> you have to give have different ones, which will help. Yeah. You have to give Hextall the tools to be able to do the job. And they only have, I think, three or four – I think they had three draft picks in 2021. Yeah, right. So more than likely, you know, okay, they'll take this evaluation period and see where they're going. And if they're in fifth place in the in the East when April 12th comes around, you could see a dump, uh, a massive dump of, of, of players by the Penguins to get, to recoup draft picks. Because oh, I think they're okay. I think, yeah. I, I think if they're not competing in a month and change – that will happen. But I also think if Brian Burke 
wants to trade Milan Lucic for Chris Letang, Hextall's not going to let him. No. So, yeah. Well, no, that's, that's not going to make trade. Bird has that much power. Here's here. No, he doesn't have that much power, but he's got. There's there's a couple things that work here, right? And and this this is why they hired two people, and it was a smart move um, for sure because what you guys are all saying is correct. But Burke Burke, I've talked to him about this at length before. And he's a big believer that there's only two ways to change a climate around a team, really change a climate, like to make things move forward when you're in a position like the Penguins are now, which is a good team, but not a great team, a team that has the potential to compete, but isn't competing. There's two things you can do. One, you can change your coach. You know, you go out there and you just change your coach, which they don't want to do. They like Sullivan. He's their guy. The other is to change your goalie, which is like, and, and this is why I think that Burke's focus is so – and I keep hearing so many rumors about Marc-Andre Fleury that it's it's really being discussed. I don't, I don't have any – I don't see why Vegas would be trading him this well, season. Yeah, well, and, and, the, I mean, and yeah. the other one – His value has never been higher, Russ. I mean, honestly, the people in Vegas I talk to, they're like – They need him to win got to remember that Vegas' opinion of Marc-Andre Fleury is very different than ours. I mean, but, and they – but I don't think it matters. They need him to win a cup because we all know Leonard will miss some games. And if he's missing games in the conference final, having Marc-Andre Fleury will get you to the Stanley Cup. And what if they get Jerry in the, in the deal? What if they get Jerry in the deal? And they're like, okay, Jerry's a good enough back. Every year, Leonard has been hurt. Every year in Buffalo, every year in Chicago. Every, I think the only time he's ever been healthy completely was the years he was with the Islanders. That's it. I mean, you're yeah. right, and, and and in Vegas they they were in moving Nate Schmidt. Nate Schmidt was a, the most one of the most overrated defensemen in the league. Always, mm-hmm. we always felt that way. And he goes to vet, goes to Vancouver and has struggled mightily. Mm-hmm. You know, well, not that, in that, that team is not particularly good either. So I don't know if I right, but in that system team. he needs he's a guy who needs forwards who are back checking. He needs all that. He needs that kind. Of, he's that kind of defenseman. He's an offensive but, defenseman. Yeah. But but Burke is Burke's job is to make is to he has been given a straight up you know. His mo this year is you have. They look at the division. They look at the Flyers. Ah, the Flyers are yeah, they're pretty good, but they're not I, great. They I, look at they look at they look. You look at the Bruins. The Bruins are pretty good, but not great. The Bruins might be great, but they're not really great. Actually, they look at the Capitals. The Capitals. Yeah, they I, see I, the Penguins are still very much in it in their mind. I think All it's right. more likely if if Burke gets a goaltender, it's Jonathan Quick more than it's Mark Andre Fleury because the Kings they have a young goalie in Peterson, and yeah. I think they would like to un. Unburden themselves in the last two years of Quick's contract. I would agree they're not with you. Salary, my king. I would agree with you almost in every other scenario, except salary. for the fact you have to remember that in that room right now are still Pittsburgh Penguins that worship Mark Andre Fleury, and he bring, bring the bringing him back into that team. What that would do as far as an emotional lift, they believe could maybe give them a Stanley Cup. And if they why would that, Vegas going to go for it? Why would Vegas eat salary to do it? They're yeah, not going to do it. Not. Because they've been, they tried and it, it's been impossible. They've they've tried so many things. To, they they tried and then, yes, it's going to be easier if he plays better this year. And yes, it's going to be easier because he has one year less year on his contract. And I agree, he can be moved next year. But the other thing is, people don't trust McCrimmon at all. Like I, I, talking Brown, the, the way the way McCrimmon handled things last year with Flurry was really sideways. Ask Billy Garen. Ask you know like ask uh, Doug, Doug Don Waddell. And the, the way he handled things really makes them ask like Alan Walsh. They don't want to not, not Walsh. No, no, that's not Walsh. That is not Walsh. That is Walsh straight up. Started it with the meme. He did. No, but that's not that's not no, that that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking Walsh about was reacting to the situation in, 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 in his Walsh way. No, no, but this is in the off season. I'm talking about off season when he calls up and says, Okay, I want I, this is what I need for Mark Andre Fleury. And one of those teams that I just says says, Okay, we'll we we'll, we can do that. Um just gotta talk to my owner and and then he comes back the next day and says, Well, you know what? 
uh, this is what I need now for Marc Andre Fleury. Well, wait a second, I can maybe do that, but I got to talk to my owner because you just told me this, and I got the owner thinking one thing. No, now this, and then you're going to another team at the same time doing the same kind of let's, stuff. That's the way McCrimmon was acting, and that, that's where guys where people let, got pissed. Off. Let, let's let's ass, okay, let's assume that we're that you know, Fleury is going to Pittsburgh. Let's construct a deal because I honestly. I can't see them trading Latang, and I don't, and I, and I don't see Vegas wanting Latang. I really don't. Gives them, more, gives them more salary. Take on. They don't have the room. It's another. It's another quarter. Well, it has to be a salary for. There has to be salary for salary in this thing. So that's right, the problem. But that, that's that's the problem. What gives you the what gives you chance? When you got two teams that close, when you got two teams as close as the, as as Vegas yeah. is and as Pittsburgh is, it's going to get real. It, it you it's like trying. You got to thread that thing perfectly. You do, or you got to do what Rutherford always did, which is bring another team in, do that kind of. Th that's how Pittsburgh has made their moves historically. They used yeah. to use Vegas, remember? I mean, this they, they that's how Reeves ends up in Vegas. I was saying Mark Andre Fleury and, and Ryan Reeves for what? Uh, uh, Jason Jason Zucker from Pit, who's from Vegas? And uh, Latang? No, and that, that's too much. That's what but I'm saying. Why, but why is Pittsburgh going to give up Latang if the goal is to win a cup? They have nobody right. on. Look. Pierre Lebedjoff has played nice, but they're not moving their number one defenseman, who's a minute meeting, minute minute muncher, and also the first line power play. They don't their defense. Matheson's fine. Sessi, Dumoulin. I mean, it's fine. They lose Latang for all the gains they may get by getting Flurry. They they're going to basically give it back by trading Latang. There's no point in it for them. <laughs> I'm with you. Then I wouldn't say they're fine. Mine is being very kind. And by the way, the biggest problem is is. Pittsburgh is going to hang around in the race because you have to figure eventually if Genny Malkin's going to figure it out. And after a rough start, they've gone up. The biggest yeah. problem is, is right now, I think we all think the Islanders is probably the class right now in the East. Boston Money. is probably right behind them. So they're figuring in third place. You never know what happens in the playoffs. That's going to be the biggest issue. If they're Money. in the race, Money. they're Money. going to have to make the decision, do I go for it or right. do I basically make trades and try to break it down? Right. And that's going to be the hardest decision they have to make. Money-wise, right. money the, 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 the only trade that really makes sense is – is Zucker and Dumoulin for Ryan Reeves and Flurry? But why? But why is Vegas going to do that? Right. That, right. I, I, I don't. Like I said before, Vegas. We are. We value Flurry differently than they do. And they're what? Not going is, to give him away. That's giving. Well, him no. And there away. has there has to be a, the goalie going back. By the way. So you're looking at Jerry's got to go back. Okay. So you've, that's got to happen in the deal, Mike, because it's like they they do need another goalie that they can trust, right? Because well, they think are. They would lose. Would they lose into Seattle though, based upon the expansion draft? Right. They did the protect. Leonard well, they're going to have they're going to lose Flurry if they don't lose him. So it's like Not one of them. What, I mean, about if you, what if you let's go back to Edmonton? I mean, what if you start thinking three way trades and you bring Edmonton into yeah. the fold? No, one more thing with Pittsburgh, Pete, and then let's go down that path because the last thing I'll say about Pittsburgh is this the one thing that Burke does probably more than other GMs in the league that people have to remember cat looks awesome Russ. Um, <laughs> one thing the one thing he does more than any other team in the any other team in the league is when Burke wants somebody specific he wants stronger he wants the Sedin twins when Burke wants someone specific he gets it done he finds a way to make that happen no matter how crazy it is and this is a guy that he specifically wants because he thinks this changes that locker room and he thinks this changes their face. And he thinks so that's why I they think try that. Look, they could probably trade has to take it incredibly seriously. Do we do we know that's how, how he views Flurry? Yes. I do. But, but that, that's um, and, fine from the and, uh, yeah, and, and that you know sense. that's from Yeah, so this is this 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 Flurry rumors have to be taken very seriously because of that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that alone, and then and then to Pete, let's bring, go to Edmonton right now. Like so, well, like I, say, I, I was just saying, we we know they need goaltending. We know they've got an issue, 
how and what we've seen before is under McPhee and um, and uh, McCrimmon, yeah. Vegas has been able to do these three-way deals and will get creative to do things. And they've done it as preventative measures so other teams can't get yeah. the players that they think they need. Sure. So this year changes everything, right? Because the way the playoffs work, no one's crossing over. Right. Right. So now you say you've got to get out of the Canadian division. You've got to get out of the East. You got to get out of whatever the heck they're called. Stupid names. Anyways, you know, you've got to get out of those. And then you've got your final four. It's almost like college basketball or it's almost like the frozen four, right? You've got to get out of these. And then, so you don't have to worry about beefing up Edmonton. If you think you're going to face them, because chances are by the time, if you, if you do, it's, it's a totally different ball game anyways. So I think there's the ability to do some stuff like this, but I think also back to your point about um, Latang is Burke saying we want Latang because he's part of the old school leadership group and how much do you need of the old school? Because he is probably a very desirable asset with one year left next year at his age for a team that needs someone. He's mm-hmm. not the same Latang. I mean, I've watched no, him. He he's isn't. still really good. He is. He's still really good. I, I'm not, and I'm, and I'm, I'm top, not saying I've heard Latang in the rumor. I'm just saying you got to make yeah. salary work. So, like, you have yeah, to be looking. Make it's, not gonna be Malkin. it's not going to be Malkin to Vegas for, for, for Mark no. Andrew. And, and, and maybe it isn't, but I think there's variables in there. I think the other name that's going to be very interesting um, to see what Ken Holland does, and let's talk about Edmonton again, is he's got to deal oh. with Nugent Hopkins. Yeah. 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 Big, and that's a big, that's a big, that is a big thing. Someone in the chat room says we should ask Jan because Jan is smart and we need to ask him once in a while what's going on. So Jan? <laughs> Jan has been able to talk anytime he wants. Jan, I come to you. you know, Jan is, Jan is, Jan is, is one of those, he does like throw t- beautiful tidbits in once in a while. Give us your thoughts on this whole scenario for a second. I already gave you my thoughts about Pittsburgh and the time. Ta- I mean, again, okay, I, sure. I don't, I, look, <laughs> Pittsburgh will want flurry and screw all of you. Pittsburgh will want flurry. Right. Not you, Anthony. You're fine. Russ is fine. It's the guy in the middle box over there um, that's creating all the problems. <laughs> you in the Bowery Boy hat. Yes, you. Um, <laughs> I was one of those who watched the Bowery Boys years ago. So I watched them too. Yeah. So look, you guys don't remember me in the first couple look, seasons of being Fleury Amish. I, just, I broke out of the Amish world. Come on. Flurry may be a game changer in the room. It's the matter of finding that match, right? Pete is right. You could get a third team in the deal. We have to consider expansion. You have to consider crossing the border also, as you said, because you're going to sit out at least two weeks. And with the, t- with the trade deadline and everything else, that gives you a lot of time to get acclimated. And if your team goes south in the two weeks while you're waiting, they may not make the playoffs at all. Yeah. yeah. Right. Here's the question, though. Edmonton will, would get in the conference room and say, if we get him, are we still getting out of this, whatever the stupid North division is? And are we actually going to get out and get it, make it to America one day? To play in the rest of the playoffs, and the answer is no. No, they're not even making the playoffs. I'm telling you this right now. They're not making the playoffs. That's what it is. (laughs) Remember the movie? This is perfect. Someone's got to use that. So it's now four out of five who are making the playoffs. Corey Feldman and Dream a Little Dream. It's 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 a hard life in that. It's a hard life in that Tim Hortons. North Division, isn't it? it Yeah. Pete. Well, okay. Let's segue to that because, first of all, Peter, uh, Dubois 
is injured. It's not, it doesn't sound like it's serious, but you know, they get him after, after, after stupidly having to wait 14 days when he could just test the guy over seven days and, and get a, you know, know that he doesn't have COVID, but they have to wait two weeks. He plays what two games. Now he's hurt. Yeah. Look, there is a lot of heat on Kevin Shevel day off right now. Yeah. And deservedly. So, um, I don't think I've ever seen the fan base as vocal, uh, about problems that were preventable, um, with a lot of things with the jets as they are right now. It's, there's a lot of heat here. But is there heat from ownership? Because it's not going to matter from the fans there. The fans were mad last year. They didn't do anything. Well, no, but I, I think it's it's. Here's the other thing. You know who True North lost is their biggest soothsayers when twelve ninety got axed here. Really? Yes. Oh, they right. lost yeah, a lot of yeah. media talent who played a calming measure, yeah. right or wrong. Yeah. Whoever you sat on the perspective on, on the spectrum of the Jets or, or whatever your team you're right, you lost an entity that tried to provide a level headedness in terms of they had the personalities, they had the um, they had the reach, and they had the the uh, the clout with TSN backing them. Yeah. So they had a brand value and a certain thing, and that's gone now. There is a right. massive vacuum. Well, and it's getting filled in the wrong way. There are people, I literally had to mute on Twitter the term Paul Maurice and Pomo because I couldn't stand <laughs> reading reading the, the stuff coming up. Like I just had to get yeah. it out. And what ended up happening was everyone did just started replying to me with this Paul Maurice gif of him waving on his day that he got his whatever one win or whatever. It's just that's still not a guarantee to get a GM fired. It's not. No, but I don't think it's. They at least want a coach fired. And and the narrative I'm not sure now. That either. But, but here's the narrative now. The narrative now in the void because there's no one there to level this all. Is you have all these other guys, free agents speaking freely, going to podcasts, going to streams and stuff, saying, "Why is there such a reluctance in this market?" to make a change at the one thing that doesn't cost you against the cap. You know what they need most? Pete Tessier. We need you back. Peter, let me, let me ask you this because I have noticed this. I mean, everything is beautiful right now in Toronto because they're yeah. leading the division and leading the league. Yeah. But, you know, you know, if they have a three game losing streak, people will be, you know, mm. have, having pitchforks yeah. and, 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 you know, ready to, lin yeah. to lynch uh, Kyle yeah. Dubas. Uh, in Vancouver, we've been hearing this for weeks, and Francisco Aquilini comes out with a six-link tweet, tweet yeah. to basically say, screw you, everybody. I believe in Benning. I believe in Travis yeah. Green. Nothing's going to happen. Write a Do blog. Tell Aquilini, tell Aquilini to write a blog next time. You know what? Last time you did that, Trevor Linden was in two weeks later. Right. Well. Well, put it this way, Pete, we spoke, about that before this, we spoke about before the season start the issues with Maurice and why they won't get rid of yeah. him, right? I think the bigger issue, line A was a lost cause, unfortunately. The bigger issue, I think, is seeing how Roslovic has played since he's gone to Columbus, yeah. moving on to a first-line mm -hmm. center role. It yeah. clearly wasn't the money issue because he's only getting about 200K more than what they're offered. It's a role, right? And they were yeah. reluctant to move him up. If Maurice had slotted him into that second line and moved Stastny down originally – a whole lot of this would have been avoided, but this was a power play. And Maurice didn't want to necessarily budge off of where his position was, and that's why they ended up making the trade. And right now, look, I love Dubois. 
but I think we all were kind of shaking our heads going, wait, they gave up both guys to go get Dubois, even as good as now, Mike we thought is better. Was a bad throw-in because we knew he would do well, but the idea was <laughs> – well, we again. We, I'm not sure it's all on the coach. We had confidence that he was going that he well, with the opportunity that he would he would embrace, yeah, especially going home. There, there was definitely a belief, and a, and I think a well-founded one that give Rosselvick the right system, yes, and the right environment. He's more than what he'd shown. He had a fairly good year. I think he had 17 goals last year. So he had a fairly good year 12. last year. He was like 12. 12. Okay. <laughs> but the, the point here is so, like like a lot of players there's some players who are going to thrive under Maurice and there's some who are going to thrive under Torts. Torts is in a Torts Torts has to play because he's got nothing else. Right, right. So you can open it up and play. But the thing with the thing that comes with um Torts and going in there is also you know what Torts is. With Maurice you've probably heard things but he puts on, he's a very good quote. You know, he's good in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. the, the, the word on Maurice, if you talk to people long enough, is he kills you by death by a thousand cuts and they're and they're vicious, right? Torch just rips you a new one and then he's hugging you two days later. Yeah. Like you, you know, it's a different approach. But Maybe I think your ownership is afraid to lose him because you won't get a suitable replacement. I think that's a part uh, of it. Yes. I think there are 32 jobs in the NHL to and coach you keep a team. That, all 32 and, and, I, and, and I think there are a number of coaches you could go through to find the right one, and it wouldn't make your team any worse than what it is now. At the end of the day, the Jets' metrics have not improved in getting pucks on net and creating more scoring opportunities, and they have one of the deepest top nine in the league. That's now, an indictment on the coach. All right, I, there was a there was a trade on the weekend act that you you know yeah. you wrote about, and I I wanted to take a different tack on it because first of all the the trade it just again shows the cheapness of Thomas Dundon because they you know they saved eight hundred thousand dollars on this deal and dumped Zingle who they they signed on a two year deal, uh, mm -hmm. and then and then they and then they uh, you know they basically made the deal to get Craig Paquette. Uh, right. They wait, which, was, which was a good thing, and oh, good yeah, thing. I think he's a perfect. I think I love Cedric Paquette playing yeah. uh, on the fourth line of that Hurricanes team. I think he is. It's yeah. a very similar fit to obviously what he had in Tampa. Good Hurricane good, team, good, good fourth line guy. I have no problem with him. Uh, now, now Dzingel's got to wait two weeks to play in Ottawa. But here, here's the thing: Galchenyuk gets traded. He gets waived. They don't even put him. Uh, well, I, they put him with the Chicago Wolves, and I'm, I think it's probably because Charlotte or their their minor league team. I think they opted out, and they had to. They yeah, they're in Chicago. Yeah, they've they've been out. Right. Yeah, Charlotte's right. with Florida now. But here's here here's the thing, and yeah, we'll, right. we'll go back to that 2012 draft. Russ was Alex Gal Alex Galchenyuk ruined by Montreal by being rushed and being forced to play a position that he wasn't meant to play, which was center. That's a part or, of it. Or was or was he just not? as good as people thought. Because if you look at the top five in that draft, Ryan Murray's had injury problems. Yakupov's back in the KHL. Gadget is an NHL failure. Griffin Reinhardt is a never was. And the only one that's been good has been Morgan Riley. You get that's a great top five, but it really is. You do get that on occasion. You get for for, yeah. for, for the high end the players that you get in, in in that in those spots. You do have years where in, in things this just kind of align that way. In this decade, Anthony, that's the worst top five. Yeah. Oh, no question. There's not yeah, even an argument. I Galaxy, we all thought was going to be the better of the two. I think at the time, I think he, we thought maybe he was going to have a more well rounded game than Yakupov did. 
But again, yeah, right. I think it's a combination of situation and the player too. We have to take that into account oh, here sure. as well. You have to take that into account that perhaps you know you have to have coach you know coachability. But I mean, Russ. I mean, you know, you were at that draft. I, 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 I it's it's just puzzling how bad it's turned out for that top five. There were people that were higher on Galchenyuk than me, but at the time, he was a good skater. He definitely showed he could score. He was in the U.S. system. He had things going for him. But we also heard about off-ice stuff, Mike, that we don't really talk about. Yeah. And off-ice things will derail a career, and I think that's a big part of it too. Right. That's true. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. Um, I saw something kind of fun, if you guys want to go off topic a little bit here, um, because it's just it's just a, the last couple of minutes here. I thought this was kind of an interesting thing. Um and we can, but you know, we or we can get into. I mean, the standings and all that stuff are just so complicated right now, percentage-wise. Everything. I mean, there's a hundred games tonight, but um, and we can get into the COVID thing. But I saw this list that I thought was really fun, and we can either discuss. I'll tell you what it is, and we can decide whether you guys want to do it today or not. But um, it, it listed based on the playoff odds from um from the Sporting Odds website. It listed the top upsets in playoff rounds, you know, since 1989. Okay. And um, and this, it's just interesting to so I wanted to see if you guys wanted to guess some of the biggest upsets like you know just to go through and I can tell you where they land on the list and one of the interesting wow. things about this is there's one team on this list that in the top let's see one two three four five in the top ten seven of them are against them. Well, Columbus. This, one team has been upset seven Columbus, times. Columbus, 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 the Columbus-Tampa Bay sweep has to be in the top two or three. It's not in the top two or three. It, so the, the odds are, the winning odds for the for this, this is based on the winning odds in that playoff round. So if you bet it, okay? Right. The winning odds for that playoff round going into that playoff round were 325 to one for Columbus. That's big. But but the uh, the top teams are like 600 to one. LA Edmonton? LA and Gretzky for Scott there, they beat Edmonton. Oh, right, right. That was a good one. The miracle, the mar- miracle man. The miracle of Manchester. Right, right. Um, We're going again. Let me just clarify this. Nope. Is, is this in the first round or any round? Any round. The biggest playoff upset. Right, I'll, I'll give you mine. I'll give you mine. Islanders Dead. over the Penguins. Volick. Volick game seven overtime. Volick game seven uh, overtime. That to me was one of the biggest of that decade. That's a great one. Uh, what what year was that then? That was um, 90. Three, I'm going to say, because that was after the, the Penguins already won back to back cups, and that third team, that third team probably have more talent on it than those other yeah. two teams, and then they lost in Game Seven. Right, they lost to the Habs in the conference final. That is not on the list, believe it or not. Uh, how, about, how about how about LA Kings 2012 beating Vancouver first round? Oh, that's a good one too. Jeez, 2012 LA Kings over Vancouver. Nope. Nope, nope, that was nope. A, that okay. Let's stop right. this. Right now. That was Wait, a, this, 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 this list is already turning into already. From what year does this start? Now, what year does this start? 1989. So, I, I'm sorry, the Islanders that 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 Islanders Penguins. Yeah, I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but this is based on the Vegas odds why that went out at that time. Why don't you read them off to me? I'm going to give you a. I'm going to give you the number one. Okay, just no, so no, no. Go from ten up. Go from yeah. ten to one. <laughs> Start from yeah, ten to one. Yeah, go ten to one. I want to hear this. All right, ready? Uh, number ten. Um, two thousand and three. The uh, Anaheim Ducks take out the Dallas Stars. Okay, okay. that's a biggie. I can that's take that. Three hundred and seventy to one. That's Jaguar. That's Jaguar and that Babcock. Yeah. yeah, they won the cup. Yeah, yeah, I covered that cup. That was my first game cup. seven to the to the yeah, uh, right, right, the teams. I'm right. Yeah, yeah okay. that was my first cup too, Russ. Uh, 2006, Edmonton over Detroit. That was um 
Three hundred eighty to one, and that—that that was when Edmonton takes out the trade. I don't believe that that was three hundred eighty to yeah. one. I don't. I question it. Number eight, nineteen eighty-nine. Yeah, Wayne Gretzky had a bet on that one. Eighty-nine. Chicago upsets Detroit, four hundred to one. Eighty. Trying to remember that. I don't really remember that series. Yeah, neither do I. Chicago. Um, I think. I think I might have been here where Detroit was. What year was this again? Eighty-nine. Eighty-nine. Um, I'm starting to think of the Eisenman. I'm trying to think one of them. I didn't see that was that wasn't their great team yet. Is the is the Sandus Ozelinch San Jose beating Detroit? Detroit? Number one, Mike. Number one on that one. Um, six hundred to one. The Sharks take out Detroit. That was that. That was very. That was very similar to Columbus. Football pool. Thank you, Sandus Ozelinch. Was that Urbe between the pipes or? uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, 2003, the Minnesota Wild knock out the Colorado Avalanche. Remember that one? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. a good deal. That's a good one. 410 to one. Andy Fernandez and Dwayne Rolison in goal? Yep. Yeah. Okay. 2010, the Montreal Canadiens knock out the Washington Capitals. Yep, that's a good one, too. Lock. Yeah. Lock. Yeah. Yeah, what Lock. The odds are on that, though? 420 to one. Okay. Well, you're with this again. I'm sorry. 2010, Montreal. Oh, this is when. Oh, this is the PK. This is the PK Subban led roster. Yeah, when they thought about trading Price. Yeah, because Halak was on a tear, and then he got lit up in the in the conference final. Yeah, <laughs> Montreal Pittsburgh was three thirty five to one. That's like number fifteen. But Montreal Washington <laughs> was four twenty. That was number ten. Number okay. number seven. I guess seven more. Uh, number six. Number six. Um, in 2003, Anaheim. Takes out Detroit. This is the same year that Anaheim takes out Dallas. Then Anaheim takes out Detroit. Actually, Anaheim takes out Detroit in round one. Anaheim takes out Dallas in round two. Okay. Um, so Anaheim that was five hundred and twenty-five to one. Two thousand. Okay. The only here's my argument on that one. In round one, taking out Detroit should have been the steepest odds. Right. By round two, we already knew Jaguar probably wasn't giving up a goal for a lot of the playoffs. Right. That's what they're saying. They are saying round one was the steeper odds. So. Okay. Um, round uh, then then the next one. Then we're at number four. Sorry, they're not numbers. I'm trying to figure out what the number is, but we're now definitely number four. Okay. Um, number four, 2001, the LA Kings take out the Detroit Red Wings, 550 to one. Mm. I don't think that was 550 to one. 2001. Are we, is that Gretzky in LA? Is that where we are now? No, no Gretzky was Gretzky. No, retired. He was retired. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. This is the beginning, sort of the. I'm trying to think. This is sort of a tweener LA roster. I don't know how many of the players that would be on that roster for when they would start winning their cups, but yeah. I was thinking right. Ziggy Palfi was probably on that roster there. That probably. Yeah. Or, and Yosef Stumpel. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good 1990 for Flames throughout there. Uh number one, uh no, the, the, I'm sorry, this is number three. The LA Kings take out the Calgary Flames in nineteen ninety. That's uh six hundred to one. That that Detroit that Detroit the last one before that one the, the, the yeah. Detroit L A what year was it again ninety two thousand and one two thousand and one okay Detroit yep. Wings two thousand and one that was Scotty Bowman as the head coach in Detroit yeah with, with Manny Legacy and Osgood in goal and L A takes him out and L A takes him out and I'm just looking I mean Eck who I want to know yeah she who was, was gone already person? all those guys were gone well, I don't think Blake was already. Blake was already long gone. Also, I think he was in Colorado yeah. at that point. Then was yeah, he still there? Yeah. 
Now, these are Vegas odds. So Vegas odds are oh, set based on who can bet on them, too. So remember who's the, the source, odds. Who's the source of these odds? Like little Joey from, from uh, Hoboken? Like, I don't oh know. Oh, my God. this was legal. Incarcerated Bob? It's on the back of a pizza box. <laughs> I'm not buying some of these odds. I'm if not. you've got right. able to collect. Number two. Number two. The Minnesota Wild, 1991, takes out the, take out the Chicago Blackhawks. Um. That was a that was a six hundred to one as well. What year um, was that? It's 92, 91, 91. Ninety one. Wild didn't exist in nineteen ninety one. Ninety one. So that's Rennick was there. Oh, was that the Minnesota North, North Stars? Right. Sorry, so the Minnesota North yeah, Stars. North Star. I'm sorry. That's the Minnesota North Stars. Those year they they were started playing. Plus, they that's when ended up going to uh, to the finals and losing and losing. Right. That's the North Stars team to go to the finals. Right. Yeah. At that point, West Walls was in like midget hockey. All right. All right, so then that number one, San Jose, Detroit. Okay, I, got, um, I, have, I have the 2001 LA Kings roster right now. Here you okay. go. Uh, Aki Berg, Jason Blake, Rob Blake, Philly Boucher, uh, Adam Deadmarsh. He scored the big goal overtime. Did I? Deadmarsh <laughs> scored the big goal. Ziggy, yes. Ziggy Palfi, Matthias Nordstrom. The goaltending was, let's see here, who was it? Steve Passmore. <laughs> no. No, it's a great name. So and, one of my favorite names in hockey. And Felix, oh, Felix the Cat. Felix the Cat. That's, Felix Felix Pot, man. That's right. Pot fan was on that roster. All comes back to Toronto somehow. All right, so now I'm going to do a couple now from now the biggest <laughs> the center of the universe. There, the black hole, the hockey universe. Right, now the big that's since 1989. That's hard for some people out there because we're old. We can do that. But the biggest upset since 2006. Now the top, some of the top ones we have already. But Montreal, Washington is number one at 420. Um, Edmonton, Detroit, number two at 380. Um, Montreal, Pittsburgh, number three at 335. So after, and then Columbus, number four at 325. Uh, how about Washington beating Boston 2012? The Joel Ward. Yes, that's on here. That is number 18. Washington, that's 180. Um, and that was in the first round of that series. Um, one, and there's, there's actually one, of, there's a Stanley Cup final on here, which is crazy. Um, which I didn't realize that I didn't realize that this was a big as it was a big upset, but Boston beating Vancouver. Really? Um, yeah, it was based on record. This yeah. is a two hundred to one. Um, so then, so then, so they, so now number five, um, two thousand and nine, which is I remember this one too. This is Anaheim beating St. Louis. I mean, Anaheim beating San Jose. Um, and then uh, after that, two thousand and six, Buffalo beats Ottawa. Remember that one? Oh, no. see, okay, that that's horse. I, I call horseshit on that one. Okay, because because the same. I mean, the Sabers, they were one of the best teams in the league that year. I mean, if had had their entire defense not been decimated by injury against right. Carolina, they would have won the Stanley Cup. And why you know, are they two hundred twenty to one to win that? That's not crazy. somebody who's like, oh, you know, pumping up the Sabers. That's not that was that was that Ottawa series was the was the one where uh, where Tim Connolly scored. Um, I think in overtime in the game. Right, game. right, right, right. I folded up like a cheap suit. I mean, Eck, I got a big one here. I don't know if it's on the list, but in 04, Calgary beating San Jose was a big deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember it's not on the list. Uh, 2004, Calgary beating Detroit in the second round um, was on the list. Um, that Did was it. Did you the net then? Or? 2004? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's after Vernon, right? Yeah. That's Kippersop. Mm -hmm. I'm really old. Um, Look at this panel. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> then, 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 the 2020 Vegas, Vegas Dallas. 
And you had, you know, Vegas beating Dallas in the third round. That's a big one. Oh, that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, I think that's true. And then, um, so, but the, so the interesting thing on here, and then 2012, the Flyers beating the Penguins in the first round. That, um, that was the, the Penguins were in 190 odds. That's the crazy was, series. That's every game was a seven goal game. Like, it I was a wild that. series, and it was, all, I think, a little closer to yeah, yeah, talent wise. Yeah. 2010, Same. the Flyers beating New Jersey in the first round. That was a biggie because remember that Flyers team shouldn't have gotten in, but yeah, right. Oh, that's a big deal. I, mean, well, I, I, I know. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. I had to <laughs> every time I talk about that, yes, that right next to me. I know one team is not on this list okay. because they haven't won a series since 2004. Hmm. Yeah, they're nowhere to be found. But what I thought was interesting now, just to kind of to kind of fill out this this whole concept here, what I thought was really fascinating to me was the the amount of times Detroit is, is on here being upset. Like, yeah. we, think is, we think of Detroit on here as a bad team because they've been a bad team for a while, but not. A, I mean, they obviously were a really good team recently. Well, yeah. hey, but that's the point that they are that they were that good and they had to build up to that point of when right, we got right. finally got to the right. mid to late nineties. Right. They, they were going to trade Iserman to Ottawa. Yeah. Because he was because he they thought he was the center of the cho being at the choke artists. So Detroit goes out in the and first round, Shanahan, and then they added they get, a bunch of other guys. Right. And hardly upset in the first round. Robitaille ended up there. Hall ended up there. Koshik yeah. ended up there. They all ended that was up after there. the initial couple of cups there, and then they started to be the the, the stop that everybody wanted to go to. But the the big change for them, in my opinion, was always. Uh, combination. I mean, they had they, adding Fatisov, I think, helped stabilize their back line right. uh, the previous season, and then they get upset. But then they go out and they yeah, obviously Larianov getting Larianov also. Then and then obviously again Shanahan gave them um, the big sandpaper guy up front there that they needed. Uh, yeah. High skill sandpaper guy up front uh, in place of Keith Primo. And they got Larry Murphy also, which helped them on the Murphy line. was great. Yeah, there was they got these Thank you, Leaves. Yeah, I really, I mean, I remember this because my dad being a Red Wings fan was always so pissed off about it all the time because he was like, you know, they, when they finally got good, you know, I remember, I remember getting, I remember the Eiserman drafts and how fired up he was about that because for years we sat there in the same radio out on the porch getting Dave Strader from Detroit, listening to those games all the time in South Jersey. Um, but yeah, he, um, but yeah, Detroit goes out in 94 in the first round to San Jose. They go out in 2001 in the first round to LA, 2003 in the first round to Anaheim. 93 in the first round to Toronto. Yep, eighty nine in the first round of Chicago. Um, you know, it's just like it's ama it's amazing. I mean, they really uh, just we have to we have to mention that uh, the Sabers are are back in action for the first time in two weeks after you know nine players being out with COVID. And I was in and, and on some of the the conference calls, and it's like most of these players were ill for about twenty four to forty eight hours. Um, a couple were asymptomatic. Uh, Kruger was uh, sick for a little bit, but it all seemed it wasn't like they were all sick for like two weeks. You know, it was like it was it was something that that really spiked at one point. But they are, you know, all of them. I think all of them were on the ice today, or most of them were on the ice today. Five of them are in the lineup tonight against the Islanders. The interesting thing I saw though, Eck, is they've rescheduled all the six games that have been postponed again. Yeah, unless they unless they there's no way. They're gonna play fifty-six games. Well, look at Colorado yeah. yesterday, right? The fact that they held, they stuck with Vegas without Cal McCarr in the lineup. Also, yeah, was pretty impressive yeah. after not having played for a week and a half. And now the Devils, who had seventeen guys, I think, land on their COVID list, played for the first time I think two weeks tomorrow night against the Rangers. Now, yeah. can I say, as a healthy byproduct of the way the schedule is this year, anybody who watched that Boston Rangers game on the weekend. 
that is the hockey that I, you know, that was closer to the hockey that I grew up with than what we've been seeing the last few years. P, uh, Brendan Lemieux and Trent Frederick beating the crap out of each other was a thing of beauty. Sure. I'm going to give you the most fleeting stat of the day. This comes from CBC Nova Scotia, where Sidney Crosby passes Al McGinnis to become the NHL's top scorer from Nova Scotia. <laughs> there you go. Did you know that? Piece? No, you didn't. No, I didn't, but it's not, I'm surprised it took so long. That's what I would say. I mean, if he hasn't already passed him, McGinnis yeah. played how many years? Like 18, something like that. McGinnis had a hell of a career, guys. I mean, he was like yeah, a, he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, obviously. I mean, a hell of a player. Um, but yeah, definitely. So tonight there's like 55 games on. So if you get yeah. a chance, to, I mean, really, every, pretty much everybody's playing tonight that, that's alive and not sick. Well, uh, Joe, Joe Thornton is back in the Toronto lineup. So that's one thing that we have to look forward to. Um, oh, yeah. Just but we have to ask the question. That. Since Anthony's on, I'm on, and you're on, Eck, we have to ask the question, since the Flyers aren't practicing today, they're practicing tomorrow, they're supposed to practice today, they're supposed to play on Saturday in Lake Tahoe, are they really going to play Saturday in Lake Tahoe? Are they going to play Thursday? I, I don't think they're going to. They have to get the pra- – I mean, at this point now, they have to get the practice in. I think once I see a practice occur, like tomorrow, then I yeah. think there's a chance and they're going to go with who are, what they have, but – it's going to be tight. I mean, it, in my opinion, it's. I think it's going to be real. Again, tomorrow, I think, is really, to me, tomorrow going into Wednesday is absolutely critical. Who, who's going to be left on the Flyers? You won't have Konechny. You won't have Giroux. Konechny's out. I mean, Sanheim is now off protocol, so Sanheim. No, no, but Giroux's still on protocol. Giroux's still – as of right now, you have seven players on protocol for Philly. Konechny went on. Sanheim came off. But, again, you also have Frost, and it was one of those players who's not really currently on the roster, but your Voracek yeah. is out. Voracek is still yeah, on. Voracek, Konechny, and Giroux. That's Giroux, you, Braun is out. Braun is also on that list. Scott Lawton and mm-hmm. Oscar Lindblom. This yeah, is not going to be a great roster if they play Thursday. No, it's not. And that's, again, that's what they're going to have to, again, yeah. make that decision on. You think it's more like question is what out for the way. make that decision. Yeah. yeah oh, if the Rangers are supposedly teed up to maybe replace them. Them or the Penguins possibly. Relatively soon. Can can we also can we also say that looking at the waiver list this year is just it's what what's the point because anybody like okay Paul Byron is a good player maybe not he's not having a good year right now but he's making he's a useful player he's a useful player he's making, right, he was a good up until this year he was scoring pretty well for right. them he's made but he's making three point four million dollars and he's got a couple years left so Montreal is not scared that he's going to get claimed. Oh, no. Uh-huh. But, but that's a byproduct of the salary cap not moving yeah. either and all the other things. Yes. So it's not just taxi squad, it's not just roster size, it's the it's everything. And yeah. it's gonna and it's probably gonna be like that next year for part of it too. But we remember, got- taxi squad is only one point oh seven five million, so you're still on the hook for the difference in terms yeah. of how much you're gonna clear in terms And Byron of- can still skate, it's not like you can't play. Yeah, but if I was we- auto, I'd be all over Byron. Actually, I'd be able, you know, that really would Ottawa be. I don't think anymore. It doesn't matter. Ottawa's going to be in last with all these guys. It won't. I know, but he's 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 the kind of guy who is a good influence. In, and in, and in Ak, sure. and Ak, you you won't recognize the uh, the Ottawa roster on April thirteenth because it'll yeah. be it'll be the Belleville Senators because Derek Stepan and every other player who's a who's an expiring contract will be moved out. Well, yeah, Stefan better show something over the next couple of weeks for them to get something for him of any value. By the way, I think the biggest shock to Twitter yesterday 
was when the Red Wings sent Danny DeKaiser down that he was still in the NHL. I think people forgot he was still <laughs> in the NHL. Wow. There you go. Now, there were a lot of people that like Danny DeKaiser. No, exactly. I agree. I agree. Um, that's all the time we have for today, folks. Um, great, great job. Thank you. Thanks for the giant panel. We appreciate it. It's always good to see all you guys. Um, remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.